In episode 37 of MobyCast, we discuss the process of becoming AWS certified and include a few tips on how to prepare and pass the exam. Welcome to MobyCast, a weekly conversation about containerization, Docker, and modern software deployment. Let's jump right in. Welcome to another episode of MobyCast. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Rich. Hey. Hey, guys. So, Rich, what have you been up to? Uh, so, you know, we're, we're heading towards the end of the year, and uh, we got a couple of projects that are um, with anticipated launches before the end of the year. So just sort of navigating that world, the crunch time of, of you know, the end of the year closing in. That's pretty much it, and probably be like that for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Same here. There's always that crunch time at the end of the year. It's like... Demos and conferences are happening at the beginning of the year and people want their software finished. What about you, Chris? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. So really, really busy <laughs> um, with various projects and have been uh, uh, busy lately just um, preparing for uh, and taking another certification exam, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, very cool. I'm so stoked that you got another certification a couple of days ago. And I, too, am working towards my very first certification. So you've got a bucket, you've got a hat trick worth of certifications now, right, Chris? I do. Um, this, this was number three. Right on. And yeah, I'll be getting my first, hopefully at reInvent, unless I fail, which is a real possibility. So let's not rule that out. <laughs> but uh, well, I think hopefully, I hopefully after today's podcast, um, <laughs> you'll have some tips and tricks that will make that um, less likely of a possibility. Exactly. So yeah, let's let's just start talking about certification in general. Maybe give us the 101, Chris. Sure. Yeah. So um like a lot of other large companies in the industry that um you know, you, you have folks that are working as um consultants or um vendors in that space, certifications are a really great way of kind of like establishing just baseline knowledge, mastery of 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 various topics and, and areas um, in those in those specialties, and, and having a certification to say, "Yep, this this person is has that knowledge and, and is uh, the right person to work with to, to, to do that specific uh, field of work." So, AWS um, has has its own certification program. There's nine certificates now in their program um, with all various different levels um, and covering. Um, all the various topics as well. Like we've talked about in previous episodes, how AWS is so large and so many services and they keep innovating and throwing new stuff at you. And so likewise, their certification program seems to continue to grow and, and, and uh, it keeps getting, getting bigger as well. Um, just to reflect the fact that there's just more and more stuff to know. And so for each one of these certif- uh, certification programs that they have, it starts off with an exam bl- with a with a blueprint, um, and that blueprint is really just an it's an outline, right? It's a syllabus for like this is the material that this certification is going to cover. Um, so someone that takes this exam passes this exam, they are going to be masterful um, in accordance with that blueprint, that outline of 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 knowledge of of the various services and techniques and principles. Um, that are outlined in that in that blueprint. See, there there are uh, four different types of certification. So you have foundational level. Currently, there's one at the foundational level, and that's the cloud practitioner. 
certificate. Um, and so this is really the, the kind of the entry level. It's, it covers a very broad scope um, of the various AWS services, um, and it also does not go very deep, right? So very foundational. It's kind of a, a great way for anyone to start in their process of, of becoming AWS certified, start with a cloud practitioner. I've noticed I, I did a practice test of a cloud practitioner at one point, and I noticed. I mean, I've spent a lot of time around AWS. I've been using it for years. I've never, I never had really studied it, other than, you know, what I've learned from you throughout these MobiCasts and and in my own usage, but never actually applied myself to studying it. And I I discovered that in a practice test on the cloud practitioner, um, I would I would have been likely to pass that certificate. So. It definitely is sort of very general knowledge about how, how AWS works. And if you have some experience around it, probably don't need much study on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you've been using AWS for, for a year or two and you've actually gotten your hands dirty and, and, and actually built some things with it and you, you know how to like, you know, what VPCs are and how to kind of basic set up with them and, and you understand IAM and, you know, S3 and, and RDS and whatnot. If you have that basic foundational knowledge, you'll, you'll do just fine on the cloud practitioner <laughs> one, right? So that's the foundational level. Um, the next level up is the associate level. There are three cert- certificates at that level. So they have um, one for solution architect, um, one for developer, and one for a sysop. Um, and so each one of those are covering, you know, different facets of the of the various domains um solution architect is is more broad based and definitely concentrating on on overall architecture of like um applications running in the AWS cloud and and what are the best best practices and principles to you there and what are the major components you use so things like um VPC and S3 and RDS and IIM um Kind of understand a little bit about hybrid, um, so on-prem um, and and um, cloud working together. Um, that's the kind of material covered with that. Developer, obviously, more 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 developer focused. So like the API calls, um, kind of the developer building block services like SQS and um, things like uh, getting deeper into um, databases like Dynamo and whatnot. And then SysOp is obviously something more for for system administrators. Um, so a lot of the just management um, aspects of running cloud services and um, security and provisioning and um, just overall health um, of that. So definitely a very broad broad based exam of all the various um, tools and and uh, management apps that you can use and um, for provisioning and, and monitoring and, and uh, optimizing your your cloud architecture. And so that's the associate level. Then um, above that is the professional level. And so this is definitely a, a big step up from, from the associate level. There's two professional level certificate certificates, um, one for solution architect and the other one is for um, DevOps. So the DevOps is really kind of a combination, obviously, from the developer um, and then the sysop. Um, and then the solution architect, um, definitely a, a step up from the solution architect at the associate level. So these, um, the, the associate level is really kind of demonstrated more like just um, the basic knowledge and understanding of the services versus the pro level is kind of more about like applying that knowledge. Um, 
So the just the questions are much more in depth. Um, and, and again, it's really kind of gauging your ability to apply the knowledge, you know, not just to um, kind of repeat it back and under, and, and show that you understand it. And then the the last type of certificate certificate is the specialty certificates. Um, so these are um, there's three of them currently. There's one for security. There's one for advanced networking, and there's one for um, big data. And so uh, these are very obviously very narrow in scope, um, but they go extremely deep. So um, you know if you're taking the security specialty exam you know, you're going to know everything about security inside and out inside of, um, AWS, um, and likewise for the, for the other two. So they're, they're really good add-ons, um, for when you want to specialize in a particular domain. So that's a pretty good overview of all the different types of certifications. Um, the reason that we started down the path of getting these certifications, um, is not, you know, it was, wasn't really for any other reason than it was a requirement for uh, Kelsis to level up in the AWS partner program. And as a company, we felt like being AWS partners could lead to, a, like, just frankly, a better sales pipeline. Um, and it, it may at some point, but at this point, you know, we're, we're still on that journey. So, and, and the journey involves lots of AWS certification. Um, so I think that's one of the, for consulting companies in particular, I think that's one of the main reasons that they go down this path. But there there are probably a few other reasons that are, you know, for, for individuals, there are other reasons that you would get certified. Like, you know, like like you said at the beginning, just demonstrating your, your skill in a particular area. Um, can you think of any other sort of major blanket reasons on why you would get certified? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that personally that I, the reason why I'm, motivated to do that is is because it it really is a useful process in that it's forcing you to learn about other services and features that perhaps you you haven't used um and so it makes your your aws knowledge much more complete like again we've Mm -hmm. talked time and time again about how services new services are being rolled out all the time um existing services are continually evolving and and really changing pretty rapidly and it's so easy for us just to kind of get stuck in a rut stay with what's comfortable. Um, and you know, if you're not careful, um, you're going to find out that like you're way behind, um, you know, you know, a year down the road type thing. So, so doing these, these exams kind of really forces you to stay, um, you know, just top of mind on this stuff, learn about things that you, um, maybe didn't know about you. Maybe you heard people whisper about and kind of a vague idea, but not really understanding what it is going through this process will, will really force that issue for you. Yeah, Chris, I think that's a really great point. And as I've started to go through this process, I've realized that that's true too. Um, I will say to listeners out there that, it, you know, you may have the experience of, oh, we're going to use this this service. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's like Cognito. You're going to use Cognito to do some user, user stuff with your mobile app. Um, if you've made that decision, you know you're going to do that. It is absolutely okay to go and figure out Cognito on the fly and use it, and you'll you'll succeed. You'll be fine. You'll you'll create a service that works. There may be a few times where you're surprised, like oh gosh, why isn't this working the way I expected? But you'll get through it. But what Chris is getting at is something kind of kind of different, and I think it's kind of unique to AWS, and it's purely because of its size. Is that as I've been going through this, I've been like oh I didn't know you could do that, or you know 
what a way to move this amount of data around or, or secure something in that way or just run workloads in ways that I hadn't thought of before. And it's just because I had a lack of awareness of some of the things that you could do. And now that I have that awareness, uh, I feel like while I could have architected a perfectly valid system that did what it was supposed to do before, now I can architect the same system um, with much more confidence that I'm doing it uh, effectively. And, you know, the least cost and uh, the most availability. And I just don't have to worry that I'm making mistakes or that I'm going to have any gotchas. So that, that cer- the certification really kind of gets you exposed to enough stuff that it gives you some confidence. If you already have all the other skills of being a good, solid developer and architect, this will push you over the top and make sure make you comfortable inside of AWS, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is one of those things where it just does not feel like it's a rote task where you're just jumping through some hoops for, you know, a piece of paper. Um, this is actually, it's enriching um, and it's, you're just going to get better from it. So um, from that standpoint, it's been, it's been really, just really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Rich. Please pardon this quick interruption. We recently passed an internal milestone of 10,000 listens, and I wanted to take a moment to thank you for the support. I was also hoping to encourage you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review or a rating. Positive feedback and constructive criticism are both incredibly important to us. So give us an idea of how we're doing, and we'll promise to keep publishing new episodes every week. All right, let's dive back in. So I, this may actually be a good point, a good place since we're talking about why and, and what it's like, a good place for me to mention a couple of things that were surprising to me as I've been studying. So I'm studying for my solutions architect associate. Um, it's a lot harder than I expected it to be. There's just more, you know, it's it's this it's this struggle between, oh my God, there's just a lot to memorize. And eh, actually knowing this stuff is useful because I, I sort of am always anti-memorization when where possible. But sometimes, you know, just having this stuff in your head makes it so you can save time later on down the road. And I think the some of the examples of this are, are kind of come from some of the questions. So I took a practice test and I noticed that a lot of the test questions, I was like, oh yeah, I get this. I understand what they're asking and I can kind of make an intuitive guess at how, how it should work. So here's one example. Um, AWS has a thing called a well-architected um, applications and it's just like a set of pillars that they say, you know, if you follow these pillars, you can feel comfortable that your your application is well-architected. And the test question is like, below are some possible well-architected pillars. What are actually four of them? And it said security, reliability, performance efficiency, cost optimization, and availability. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, AWS, they talk about availability so much, so that's obviously one. Performance efficiency sounds good. Reliability sounds good. Security also, of course. And I was like, probably not cost optimization because, you know, that's important, but it's not really a key, you know, it's just in my mind, I was like, that's not really that much of a key to like the actual software and the architecture, but I was wrong. The one that's not in there is availability. So it's just like a little bit of a, huh, you know, you got to know this stuff. I I think a better example though, is one, one on SNS. Uh, So I was asking questions about SNS and, and there were several different options for SNS and and you had you had to choose which ones that that SNS guaranteed and I remember seeing one option was like you know it guarantees that messages will be received in a certain order and that there's guaranteed to be no duplicates and another option was uh, there 
not guaranteed to be in a certain order, but there's guaranteed to be no, no duplicates. And I was like, you know, if I was designing a queue system, that's what I would go for. I would say, yeah, we can't really guarantee the order because this is distributed and maybe things will come in in kind of weird order, but we can definitely make sure that you don't have to worry about duplicates. And I was, I was like, whoa, that's actually wrong. It doesn't guarantee that there's no duplicates. And like knowing that, knowing that you might have duplicates in advance of writing your system and then testing it and then getting surprised when you get duplicate, it's going to save you a ton of time when you're actually working on your system. So those are just two examples out of literally dozens of things where the thing that you feel like the answer that you feel like might be intuitive is not necessarily the right, the right answer. And I kind of, just to make one more value statement about AWS, I kind of feel like that's, it comes out of AWS's whole wacky user experience in the first place. Like it's not an intuitive user experience in the console and I think that that lack of intuition, like the lack of, oh, I bet it works like this, kind of is everywhere inside of AWS. And they often will will make choices where the way that AWS works is really based on how it's put together and what's most efficient and not necessarily on how you would expect it to work. So, soapbox over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, again, I mean, this is one of the, the really useful things of, of- Going through the, this process and and you know studying for an exam and taking it and passing it is that um, you are kind of forced to understand the the nuances um, and the the gotchas um, mm-hmm. of these things. So kind of understanding, yeah, what your options are with SQS and what a visibility timeout is, and you know, is it possible that messages can be received more than once, and do you have that guarantee? And what about order of delivery, um, you know, what are the options there um, versus something like, you know, SNS um, that does guarantee, you know, single, single delivery of messages, right? But it's a, it's a different, it's a different technique. So going through this process really, again, forces that issue, you learn about it and it's like, oh, okay, it's, a, it rounds you out, right? Like before right. you may have been at like 80% level and now this takes you up to like 92% or 93 Right. And you spend like 10 or 15 hours studying for the exam instead of like 25 to 32 hours troubleshooting your broken system. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Again, coming right back to the fact like this is actually useful, right? This, mm-hmm. It's really not just for the, the sake of saying like, hey, I'm certified. It's, it's actually, <laughs> right. you're getting, you're, you're, you're becoming much better and becoming more valuable um, with your skill set. Right. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about, are we ready to talk about preparation? I think so. I mean, we, we've, we've covered kind of like the basics of, of, of what AWS certification is, the various types and um, the kind of the material that it covers. So yeah, maybe we should talk a little bit about just preparation and, and kind of what that looks like. And so maybe um, first and foremost, I mean, definitely the foundation here is real world experience with AWS. So like, Maybe you can do it with cloud practitioner, but like I definitely would not take any of the other um, exams without actually just hands-on experience of using AWS. I mean, so otherwise, like why would you be doing this to begin with, right? Um, you're probably taking it for the wrong reasons. So, right, would definitely stress, um, you know, that you have been using AWS, and then also as you go through the process of preparing, like. Um, go in and, and use AWS to, to brush up on the areas that are new to you, right? And play around with them and experiment with them and, and you know, build some prototypes and you know, really understand how they work. Like there's no substitute from, for actually using the, the services themselves. 
Um, so that's, that's definitely, um, a foundational aspect of, of preparation. And then beyond that, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked about the exam blueprint. So really kind of understanding what the, you know, reading the blueprint, understanding the material that's being covered. Um, and then, you know, there are some options for training. Um, so, you know, AWS has its own AWS led training courses. Um, they're pretty, um, pretty pricey. Um, but, you know, you are getting it from, from, from the experts. Um, and there's the opportunity there to, you know, have someone that you can ask questions of, uh, real time. Um, uh, so that's an, that, that's an option for folks that where where that might be, um, something that they prefer. Um, me personally, I've found some online courses have been just perfect for this. And in, in particular, um, I really like a cloud guru, this is a company that really has built themselves into a, a pretty big business now, um, really focused around certification exams and specific, I think they, they did start with AWS and now they, yeah. they, they branched out into different, um, like Google and, and Azure as well. But I think they, they started with AWS um, and it really was about just like the, the certification process and put together courses that were really aimed at like helping you prepare for these, these certification exams um, and passing them. And, I have to say, like, I've used it now for for all of the 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 exams that I've that I've taken, and um, they're uncanny in really making sure they give you exactly what it is that you need and what you should be focused on for the exam itself. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, for me, it's 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 this is like a a non negotiable in, in preparing <laughs> for for the exam, right? Go right. through, take the 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 associated cloud guru um, course for it, um, and can almost guarantee if you go through all that material and understand it and retain it, you will pass the exam. I mean, I right. just, just it's there's been I don't think I I've yet come across um, in taking one of the exams and material where I was like, oh, that wasn't really covered in the the, the cloud guru course. Um, it's almost always been the opposite. It's like wow, this is like a really obscure question, but they really stress this in the cloud guru course. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, 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 uh, you know, like I just took the sysops, um, exam and, you know, one of the things in the cloud guru course that they kind of made a, they, they hammered home was just the difference between with, with encryption keys, KMS only supports symmetric keys, um, versus if you need um, asymmetric keys, so basically public key, private key type type scenarios, then you have to use cloud HSM, which is um, their, um, it's a hardware security module um, offering. Um, and it's not multi-tenant, it's single tenant. Um, so if you, if you need to bring your own keys and you need it to be asymmetric, like cloud HSM is the only way to go, um, kind of feels a little obscure, although I guess, you know, for, um, especially on-prem folks uh, or people that have existing security requirements, like maybe, maybe not so obscure, but for, I think for us and definitely for myself, like that was a bit obscure, but there was absolutely a question on the exam specifically to that point. Like, well, and it kind of goes back to the point I was making for 25 minutes when I was on my soapbox. It's like, if you don't know that and you go architect is a system that depends on KMS and then you get like halfway through and you're like, Oh my God, we can't use our keys. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. The big whoopsie that you uh-huh. really don't want to have for sure. Right. So, yeah, and there's other online courses out there, but, um, again, I literally, I mean, I, I can't stress, um, how happy I've been with a cloud guru and, um, really clear, concise instruction and, um, definitely check it out. Um, other sources of preparation, um, AWS has a bunch of white papers, really good white papers. Um, I think it's probably just about, a, there's maybe up to about a hundred of these now. So obviously you don't have to go look at all of them, but there are some pretty um, foundational relevant and, and, and ones that are more relevant to the exam that you're taking. So check those out. Um, the FAQs that they have for each one of the services are a great source of material for studying. So um, definitely things like the S3 FAQ, like look at that. You, you should really know that inside and out. Um, same thing with EC2, um, IAM, uh, VPCs, like those FAQs are, are definitely very, very um, useful in preparing for the exam. And then take take the, the practice exams that are available. Um, so um, John, you mentioned you, you took the practice exam to kind of just as a great way of just seeing where you stand um, and get an idea for the types of questions um, that they're going to be asking on these exams. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really great part of the, of the process. So, you know, go do some preparation. Um, once you feel and, like you're ready, take the practice, practice exam and see where you stand. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I think that with the, the A-Cloud, A-Cloud Guru courses, you could just jump right in and just start going through that material without taking a practice exam and then hold off and take it after you've been through some of that material. But in general, sort of in my, in my life, when studying for things, if there ever is a practice exam, it's always been take the practice exam first, figure out what you need to know, and then go study that, as opposed to start studying, then take a practice exam, and then study more. But yeah, the the A Cloud Guru stuff is so right on point that it could be argued that like in, unless you know what you're doing, you're definitely not you're definitely going to need to kind of study across everything. Uh, so might as well not waste your money failing a practice exam until you're at least a little ready. Oh, and A Cloud Guru also has uh, like a a beta exam exam simulator. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can do that if you're a member of A Cloud Guru. If you buy your membership, you can do that as many times as you want for free. So, um, so that's another way to to kind of take the temperature of your knowledge before spending too much time trying to learn. Indeed, yes. I have not had a chance yet to to play with that, but um, I plan I plan to. Good. Yeah. Cool. So we've talked about preparation, um, maybe just real quick about the exam itself. So um, all these exams are administered by a third party. Um, currently it's PSI. And so you'll, you'll go online, you'll, um, you'll schedule your exam when you're ready. Um, you'll pay your, your exam fee at that time. Um, you'll pick your, your time and date. Um, and then when the date comes, you'll, you'll, you'll go to that on-site facility um, and they're pretty strict on uh, the rules for this. So, you know, obviously, I mean, it's, it's just short of a strip search, um, <laughs> you know, going into this, this place. So um, you can't, you know, things like watches and phones and all that kind of stuff, um, books, uh, pieces of paper, all that is, is, is not allowed. So you'll, um, you'll hand over all your personal belongings. They'll put it into a, a locked bag and you get to take the bag with you, but, um, so you're, you're, you don't have to worry about your valuables being in someone else's hands, but, um, it is in a locked bag that you can't access. 
can't wear big coats or jackets. Um, this time around when I did it, I was wearing a very light jacket. And during the exam, I decided I was going to get a little, little warm. So I took it off, put it on the back of my chair and they came over and interrupted me a few minutes later saying, you know, sorry, if you're going to take that off, can't be in the room. You got to, you got to get up and go move it into a outside the exam room. Well, so did you put it back on? (laughs) I almost did. I was like, seriously, it's like, (laughs) um, so I I was just like, whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm in your world. Um, kind of feel like you're the warden and I'm the, the inmate. So I'm just, I'm gonna, um, mind my P's and Q's. So, um, I, uh, I did go uh, outside the room and hang out my jacket and came uh, back in and finished the exam. So, and I, I get it. I mean, you know, you obviously want to have a very controlled environment and make sure that folks aren't cheating and um, make sure that it's fair and equitable and, and whatnot. So um, I get it. It just, it definitely kind of puts a little damper on the whole process, right? You kind of feel a little bit like you're uh, like a criminal almost. Right, you know? right. Not yeah. a trusted person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's something to expect there. Um, if you go to to an onsite facility to do it, um, the other like if you are at at, at reinvent, um, this is they have so many opportunities. It's five days worth, I think, of of exams that you can take there onsite, um, and definitely a much different experience just from like uh, atmosphere and um, energy level. So again, if you're I've taken the exams onsite at PSI and then also at, at reInvent and hands down taking it at reInvent was so much better. I want so the executive so experience where as I'm walking from one venue to another, they just send someone with me to ask me the questions. So <laughs> <I'm wrong. laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah and, and I'm excited to take it at reInvent too, based on your advice. Um, I, I do want to say that Given the what I've seen out of our own team, and hopefully they're listening to this, it's a good idea to just get it scheduled. Just put it on the schedule. If you know you're going to do it, put it a month out, two months out, whatever you feel like you need to, in order to have the confidence that you're going to study for it. Uh, if you put it two months out, my guess is you probably won't really start studying until you're about three weeks out. So why bother? You know, it, everybody needs that time pressure. So just get it on the schedule. Don't say, I'm going to study for this until I feel comfortable and then I'm going to schedule it because then you'll never get to it and it's not a good strategy in life. Great, great point. So it's like, um, and that's what I've been uh, telling folks as well. And then I, I took my own medicine. So like it's been on my to-do list to, to get a, a few more certifications under my belt um, for the whole year. And it's just, I keep saying, oh, I should do it. I should do it. Um, and, you know, every day is busy and comes and goes and it's like, Oh, we'll do it tomorrow. And just mm-hmm. today becomes tomorrow and tomorrow becomes the next day and, and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, like about two weeks ago, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and schedule it. Um, forcing function. And so I gave myself two weeks and, uh, yeah, that kind of puts a fire under you. Um, and, uh, and gets it done. Absolutely. I think that's a, unless you had anything else, I think that's a great kind of thing to leave people with. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Thanks for sticking with us and listening to a little longer episode than usual, but we had a lot to cover. And uh, yeah, talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Well, dear listener, you made it to the end. We appreciate your time and invite you to continue the conversation with us online. This episode, along with show notes and other valuable resources, is available at mobicast.fm forward slash 37. If you have any questions or additional insights, we encourage you to leave us a comment there. Thank you. And we'll see you again next week.